Hello everyone. Welcome to a new episode of the Good Faith Idea Exchange. For today's episode, we will be talking health and wellness. You know, this would be the first time we've done this on the show. And to have this talk, I will be joined by Adrian Delgado. Now, Adrian is a registered dietitian with 20 years of experience helping her community uh, by teaching them how to incorporate healthy nutrition principles into their busy lifestyles. You know, she, she hasn't helped tens of clients or hundreds of clients, but thousands of clients over all the time that she's been doing this. And I thought it would be good for us to sit down and have a conversation and hear more about this today. Hope you guys enjoy. Adrian, first of first off, um, how are you doing and how's everything going on your end? I am doing fabulous. Thank you so much for having me on today. I'm really excited about this. Excellent. Excellent. Um, I'm happy to have you on. First, Adrian, could you tell me a little bit about your background and what drew you into the field of health and wellness? Sure. Yeah. So um, I'm a registered dietitian. And I actually started my career in like in the pre-med field. I knew I wanted to help people and I loved science. So I just naturally assumed I would be a doctor of some sort. Um, but honestly, as I was going through the pre-med program, uh, I started to realize that it was going to require a lot of time. And I knew that family was very important to me. So I started to look to see what career shift could I make that I would still be able to, you know, spend time with my family as well as help people. So I settled on nutrition and it's been almost 20 years now that I've worked in the field. I also have five kids, so wow. okay. <laughs> a little busy at times, but um, I wouldn't have it any other way. So this is the perfect marriage between family and, and business. And I love every second of it. That's awesome. Awesome. Okay. Well, I mean, you know, over, I mean, 20 years is a, is a very long time. Um, you know, over, over the course of your career, um, how many people would you say that you've worked with? And is there any, is there any particular story, any particular person that comes to your mind um, and, and why? Well, my goodness, I was trying to do the math in my head real quick. How many people have I seen? Because it's probably well over thousands at this point. That's um, a lot of people. Okay. It's a lot of people. But again, it's been almost 20 years experience. So I first started out cl in clinical where I was working in hospitals. But, you know, I quickly realized that I wasn't able to make quite the impact that I wanted to in the hospital setting. So, you know, uh, my husband and I own an outpatient practice together. And this is where I really get to meet people where they're at and walk with them in their journeys. Uh, probably my favorite part is getting to know them, getting to know their family, um, because nutrition is very personal. And a lot of times it's connected to emotions and circumstances and holidays and traditions. So it's been such a blessing on my end. And to be able to be a part of all those moments and really help people navigate their way through so that they can feel their best. You know, it's not for me, it's not about achieving a certain weight number. You know, it's more about helping people feel their best, giving them the energy that they're looking for so they can be there for their families, helping them manage their disease state 
not necessarily through diet and exercise alone. Sometimes medication plays a role as well, but really just helping them get back, you know, like I said, the life that they want to live. Um, for me, probably the the client that stands out the most, um, I had a lady who was diagnosed with cancer and she wanted to, she decided she wasn't going to do any treatments. She was just going to let the diagnosis run its course as it, as it did. And, you know, I wasn't there to provide my opinion. You know, it wasn't my decision to make, it was hers. And, you know, just letting her talk through her, her fears, her concerns. And it ended up that not necessarily that session, but a session later, she decided she did want to get treatment and fight. And, you know, and she looked at me and she just said, thank you, because she said, I'll never forget it. She said, you sell hope. And I thought that was the kindest thing that anyone has ever said to me in my entire life. Wow. You know, giving people hope is what makes me get up and get what and do what I do every single day. You know, offering people another way where they thought there was none. That is what drives me, drives me in life, in my own personal life, but professionally, it's it's why I do what I do. Gotcha. That's awesome. Now, would you say that there are any commonalities among the people that you work with, like as far as you know, personality goes or, or age, for instance? Yeah. I mean, I will say that probably my main demographic that I work with are adults, you know, between the age of 30, 35 and 60. So mm -hmm. kind of more of that middle age group. Um, I think that's when a lot of lifestyle changes happen. You know, people aren't as active as what they once were when they were younger. They're not moving around because they have desk jobs. They are playing chauffeur to their kids. So they're not as active themselves. Poor eating habits start to creep in. So that's usually where I meet people. Um, also a big demographic, you know, a lot of times the clients coming to see me, they've done every single diet out there and they're frustrated that they're not getting the results that they want um, because they were promised the world if they just did and you know, follow the rules for the six weeks, but then when it didn't work, they felt like they failed, um, that they, it's not possible for them. So a lot of times when people come to me, they're like, teach me another way because what was promised to me isn't working. So hopefully that answers that question the, the way you were asking. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that um, that that actually makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, the lifestyle changes, especially you know, as you approach the midpoint of your life. Um, you know, what, at least what you hope will be the midpoint of your life. Now, what would you say are some of the biggest challenges facing Americans from a health and wellness standpoint? You know, overall. Well, you know, I think there's a lot of convenience out there. You know, we want quick and easy. I always have to laugh when, you know, I have, you know, older individuals that come into my office, they're retired, they're not working and they come to me and they're like, I need, you know, quick and easy lunch ideas, or I need dinner ideas that take 10 minutes or less. And I always have to laugh because I'm like, where are you going? Like you're <laughs> retired. You don't have kids at home. Like you have nowhere to be, but there's this mindset of everything has to be quick and easy and convenient. Right. Um, 
And that kind of goes against eating, you know, healthy foods that God created, you know, eating foods from the ground. Like they take a little bit of time to prepare. You have to wash them and chop them and cook them. And so I think there's a disconnect there. We want the quick, easy, convenient, but that's not necessarily the most healthy options that are out there. And I think also the lack of activity, like I said, we're more sedentary. COVID this past you know year obviously played a significant factor in that. People were you know walking out of their houses to their cars and then walking through the parking lot, walking to their desk. During COVID, people walked from their bedroom to their living room, and that was it. <laughs> so much, yeah, um, yeah, it definitely. You know, I think the two combined, plus, you know, as we age, we lose more muscle mass. That's just a natural part of aging that happens starting at age 30, which I think is ridiculously young to happen so soon, but nobody consulted me. So, (laughs) (laughs) so yeah, if you start losing muscle mass at age 30, I think you can lose up to 5% of your muscle mass every decade starting at age 30. So your metabolism is based on your muscle. So if if you're not doing something actively to preserve the muscle you have or build the muscle you have, your metabolism isn't going to work as effectively as it did when you were in your 20s. Right. And a lot of us are still continuing to eat as if we're 20, but we don't have we don't have the activity to support it. Um, and our metabolisms, just as a natural part of aging, will slow down. So it makes it a little bit more challenging as we get older. Gotcha. Gotcha. One point that you mentioned there that actually covered um, another question that I was going to ask, which was, um, you know, how COVID has affected things. You know, obviously, you know, last year it was kind of the year of COVID and, you know, that's stretched on into um, quite a bit of this year. But, you know, now I think things are beginning to, we're beginning to see, you know, a light at the end of the tunnel and, you know, kind of coming out of that at this point. But yeah, I think it definitely had a huge impact on our lifestyles and, you know, how much we moved and, um, how much activity we engaged in. Are there any, um, key initiatives that come to your mind, um, locally or, or even outside of, you know, outside of the state, um, that, you know, can, or you might be able to assist people, um, in their pursuits to become healthier, like anything that especially comes to your mind? Well, one thing that I always fall back on is there was a study done a few years ago, you know, at this point in time, over half of all Americans have at least one chronic disease, which is pretty alarming, you know, and it, to me, that number shows that the, the younger generation isn't offsetting the older population anymore. So chronic disease is affecting more and more younger um, adults. So based off of that study, that what they did was they identified five health behaviors that can put a person on the path of health or the trajectory of disease. And those top five behaviors that they identified were, you know, maintaining a healthy weight, consistent movement, um, getting enough sleep each night, moderate alcohol intake, and no smoking. And so what I think is fascinating about those five things is number one, most of them are not things out of reach. You know, the only one that's an absolute is the smoking, but everything else, you know, it doesn't say you have to run a marathon each year. It doesn't say you have to have a BMI of this. It just says you have to have a healthy body weight, maintain a healthy weight. And that's not necessarily 
you know, what the BMI charts say. That's what's healthy for your body. Um, getting enough sleep each night, that's available to all of us. Um, and then the moderate alcohol. What I also think is fascinating about that is these are all things that we do for our, our children, right? If we have a baby, we make sure that we feed them nutritious meals three times a day, plus, you know, the snacks, especially if they're really young, they're obviously eating about every two to three hours. You know, for our younger kids, we take them outside and, you know, make sure they get sunlight and fresh air and they move their bodies. They run around. We don't give them any toxic ingredients. You know, we're not giving them alcohol or cigarettes and we enforce nap time and we make sure they go to bed on time because we know that when we set them up in that way, they're going to be more successful. They're going to grow and develop in a healthy way. But yet somewhere along the lines, we don't apply those same rules to ourselves right? Like we start to stay up later, we skip workouts, we, you know, we start to eat foods that aren't as, aren't as great, because it's quick, it's convenient, it, it's that it checks the boxes, you know, it's easier to go to fast food than it is to prepare a meal, you know, when you're running from here to there. Honestly, it's just getting back to basics. You know, if we can continue to go back to those five things, that's, that's what they've identified as what's going to help a person stay on a path of health. And, you know, if we use that same mindset and applied it to ourselves as we do for our children, I think, you know, that could be the difference between that 50% and that could put us in a much better, in a much better percentage. Because actually what I failed to mention earlier is when they started to identify those five health behaviors, they wanted to see what percentage of Americans were actually meeting all five and the answer was 6.3%. Okay. 6.3% <laughs> of Americans are doing all five. So, you know, clearly there's 93 points, you know, yeah. seven of us that need to be improving our habits. Jeez. That's alarming too, right there. Um, yeah. One last question. Um, are there any um, special initiatives underway on your end that you would like to mention? Well, I know for me, like for our practice, we take health insurance. And I think a lot of people don't realize that their health insurance does cover nutrition counseling visits. So, you know, hopefully the service can be available to everyone that if they have questions or they want, you know, somebody to kind of look over what they're doing and you know, offer advice or give them helpful information that there are resources out there to take advantage of. Most of the clients I see, they're like, oh, I had no clue my insurance would cover this. So take advantage of those options out there so that, you know, I always say preventative medicine is the best medicine versus reactive medicine. Um, Get out there and make the changes now before you have to. That's usually, usually an easier way to take care of things. That's awesome. That's awesome, Adrian. I I um I really want to thank you for taking the time to sit down and um and talk with me today about this. Um, this is definitely a very important um, topic because I think a lot of people, you know, especially in America, I think so many of us get so caught up on reactive medicine um, that we're not proactive. You know, so many of us are not proactive at all, and we're not putting into practice prevention, trying to protect ourselves from getting sick in the first place. 
Yeah, it's much easier to take care of it on the front end than it is the back end. So yeah. yeah. Well, anyway, um, thank you very much, um, Adrian. I just want to thank you again for sitting down with me and taking the time today. Of course, of course. Thank you. All right. And that's it for today's episode. Stay tuned for next week's episode, which will be airing on uh, Sunday. Uh, I'll be sitting down with uh, Dr. Barb Hewson. Uh, She is a family law mediator, and she's very passionate about what she does. So we'll be sitting down and talking about um, pretty much all things family law, um, especially divorce and the effects that it can have on children and what can be done to help these kids who are going through these, um, these situations. Anyway, that's pretty much it for today's show. As always, um, if you enjoyed today's episode or any of the episodes that have aired of this show, feel free to uh, post a review, post a rating, whatever you feel the show deserves, and make sure to subscribe. And with that said, um, that's pretty much it for this, ep- for this episode. Have a great day, everybody.